You're listening to the Live United podcast presented by the Tulsa Area United Way. And today we have a very special crossover episode. So one of the joys of working for the United Way, I have many joys working there, but I get to help our partner nonprofits tell their story. And so it's been an honor to work with Wendy Freilich, the executive director of the Center for Individuals with Physical Challenges in helping them launch a podcast. It's called Get Centered. You can listen to it right now wherever you listen to podcasts. It is phenomenal. And that's not just because I'm a part of it. Wendy is a phenomenal host and she brings on the most inspirational people you will ever meet. She has so many stories and I can't wait to keep telling them. This episode is going to be both an episode of Live United and also Get Centered. So, Wendy, I would love for you to introduce your audience to this podcast. Well, hello, the Get Centered audience. As Matt was just saying, this is going to be a great dual episode for both of us. I don't think he used the word dual, but I'm throwing that in there. We are proud to be a partner agency of the Tulsa Area United Way. And whenever we can tell stories that tie this partnership together, I feel like they're important for the whole community. So I appreciate you inviting me to be a part of this, Matt. Exactly. And I'm going to let you introduce our amazing person who's brought our two podcasts together. Today we have John Lawrence with us. John is with Magellan and more importantly, he's a big advocate in the community. I know he's done work with Tulsa Air United Way. He is now currently on the board at the Center for Individuals with Physical Challenges. And John, we welcome you here today. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, Matt. Good to be here. Well, John, I would love for you to introduce yourself both as a representative of Magellan, but also as, you know, a father of three. We were just talking about that you're you're going to be freezing parts of your body off this weekend uh, <laughs> at, a, cause at a soccer mass because uh, you're a good dad. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Uh, my name is John Lawrence and I uh, work for Magellan Midstream Partners, which is a petroleum pipeline and storage company uh, here in Tulsa. I've been with them for almost 25 years now. And uh, I uh, have loved every minute of it. I, I actually started working when I was in school uh, for that company as an intern and have kind of worked my way up and stuck with it. And uh, as you said, I am the father of three. I've been married for about 10 years. I've got three small children, an eight-year-old, an almost seven-year-old, and an almost four-year-old. And uh, each one of them is very active, whether or not it be in dance or basketball or soccer or just really school work in general. So um, I've lived here in Tulsa uh, for about 20 years and uh, moved up here from Dallas. I'm originally from Missouri and uh, Tulsa has been an outstanding community to be a part of. We're going to get to our topic for the day, which is why everyone should be a part of a nonprofit board because it's important for themselves and also the community. But I, I want to touch on your whys or why you became involved with the center and then also why you support Tulsa Area United Way. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's actually kind of a, a funny story. Uh, so I, I went through a program here in Tulsa called Leadership Tulsa. And Leadership Tulsa is a phenomenal program. If you haven't uh, heard of it, uh, it gives individuals the opportunity to really understand and kind of better know the areas of Tulsa and in all the organizations and just things that happen in Tulsa that you might not know. And uh, as we went through that program uh, a year or so ago, uh, one of the stops that we had was at the center. And when I walked up to the door there to greet us was Wendy. 
And she had this big smile on her face and she was like, come on in. And, you know, I, I actually work downtown uh, Tulsa. And so I'm, I'm probably, you know, two or three miles away from the center. Seen it a million times, really didn't know a whole lot about the organization. Uh, but within the first 10 minutes, I felt like, geez, this is a great place to be. And it was, it was just awesome hearing Wendy's story, but even more so when we started to, to really see some of the members and talk with them, that's what brought it home uh, for me. And so uh, just through a lot of different circumstances, I actually worked with someone. Magellan has been a, a longtime supporter of the center. Didn't even really know that. I know the gentleman that, that sat on the board before me, um, but it was just, it was amazing how uh, kind of all the puzzle pieces just kind of fell in place. And, and Scott asked me uh, if I would be interested in learning more about the center. And I said, absolutely, I would. And so through a series of meetings, um, it just so happened that that here I am. And, and I get to sit on this amazing board uh, with some amazing people and, and work with Wendy and, and all the, the members and staff at the center. And so it's been great so far. Really enjoying it. So John mentioned Scott. So Scott Beller was the former board member who was representing Magellan and Scott was rolling off. His term was ending, which again, when we talk about boards, right, there's usually a, a finite amount of time that you're able to serve. So he had served three consecutive three-year terms. He had served nine years. He was rolling off and he said, I really want to find someone to replace me to be a part of this. And Scott's still a huge supporter of the center. And he said, I have this guy in mind. Bear with you. Five other people had also said to me, you need to get John Lawrence on your board. I mean, it was person after person after person. And Scott goes, well, I have a connection to him. Let's see if we can get him. And as I recall, you had been really busy with other things. And it just so happened that there was a bit of an opening for yeah, us. Tell us about that. That's right. So I, I actually have uh, served as a past board chair of a, another organization called the Parent Child Center of Tulsa, which is also supported uh, by Tulsa Area United Way. And uh, and I still am kind of finishing up my my time with that particular board. But between that and then also working with Tulsa Area United Way, um, I actually sit as a member of the campaign cabinet. And so... I had uh, been out really kind of promoting uh, this year's or last year's campaign um, leading into this year. And so pretty busy. And I was sitting here thinking to myself, geez, do I want to take on anything else? Uh, because I do coach my kids and I've got a wife. And sometimes she looks at me and she's like, are you crazy? You're going to do something else. Um, but it really was a very good time uh, to sit there and, and Scott and Wendy um, another person that I actually, uh, I actually report to him in the, on the campaign cabinet, Robert Jared sits on the board as well. And so he was very compelling, uh, in their, uh, in their kind of twisting of my arm to say, Hey, listen, listen. And so I did, and it was a right fit. And so I'm, again, I'm really happy to, to be able to sit on the board. So I will say that we have a very diverse board with a lot of breadth in what they know. And I think it's really important. And I've, you know, thrown out things to John or John will bring things up. It's just like, I haven't thought of it that way. Or I haven't, you know, considered that question before, which is so important to me to have these really thoughtful board members be a part of this journey for me, because we're all in it together to promote the growth, the strength and the ability for the center to do more. And I appreciate the fact that you give up your time to do that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really great. I think that 
one of the things that that I really appreciate um, is really even whenever you're just telling your story, because we really do serve as advocates for the organizations. And I think that's one of the strongest things that you can do uh, is to be able to speak about the organization, be passionate about their mission. And I can tell you after the very first month, someone found out that I was going to be replacing Scott at work and, and he's actually a coworker of mine. He came up to me and he said, really, he said, tell me about the, the center. And I almost kind of thought it was a test at first because a lot of times we're just like, me up. yeah, it's like, who, who, who are you first of all? And why are you asking me about the center? And so I kind of gave him my elevator speech and it was really interesting because Jerry told me, he said, you know, he said, I actually was a member at the center and he told me his story and it was phenomenal. He had contracted this virus and he lost really some of his vision, some of his ability to walk. And he had gone to a couple of different gyms here in town. And what he told me was, he said, I never felt welcome. He said, when I walk into, you know, another gym, he said, it was just like everybody's in there and they're lifting weights and they're doing their own thing. So when I walked into the center, he said, it was like family. People like said, come on in, you know, what do you need help with? And he said that he just found an immediate home and he was there for about, I don't know, maybe about half a year, a year um, until he he felt like he had improved enough. Um, but it's also one of those things where I think he'll be a volunteer at some point in time. And so those stories, your interactions, what you do, um, what you're passionate about, it rubs off on people in the community. Wendy and I just shared a knowing look at each other like, oh, my God. That we was love awesome. him, right? <laughs> I mean, this is why he was recommended by multiple people. It's, you know, not a secret. It's right here. Um, so I would love to hear how you ended up on the campaign cabinet and just kind of your why for being a part of the, the Tulsa Area United Way family. Sure. Um, you know, I think at the very beginning, I'll, I'll kind of go all the way back to, to when I was a kid. My grandmother always used to tell us, she would say, even a, a poor man can leave a tip. And at one time when we were growing up, you're like, okay, so you've got to, you know, leave a quarter or a dollar or whatever. And, she, and that's not what she meant. She meant give back, live in a space. You should really try to contribute to the space. And I think as I've grown up, I've, I grew up in a, in a family that that's what my dad did. That's what my mom did. They would go volunteer places. They really were involved in the community. And I think whenever I was looking for places uh, to get involved with, whenever I moved to Tulsa, uh, it's like, what can you do? You can get involved with your church. You might be able to get involved if you've got, you know, some kids, which at that time I didn't have. Uh, and so I really kind of thought about where are the places that I can get involved. And Magellan has been a longtime supporter of the United Way. And a mentor of mine at Magellan, he encouraged me to start handing out some, some packets uh, during the, the delivery time of the campaign. And so I did that. And then I kind of, you know, went out and I had my kids and, you know, I was sitting there and I thought, how can I get involved again? And this same person came back to me and he said, what about United Way? And I said, I can do that. And so I really lucked into that as well. Um, but it's such a great thing to do. And my involvement with the other organization, understanding what United Way does to support all of the organizations, I mean, 59, you know, partner agencies, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing what this community does to support that um, in itself. And so as you really kind of start thinking about it, it's really a no brainer. Um, why wouldn't you want to be a part of some place that is helping so many people and really trying to make a difference? And so 
that's really the why. The why is it's just easy. It's fun. Um, and, and I just, I really like it. So it keeps me involved. It keeps me active and, and really out of trouble. Can you just sort of recap uh, what, the, what the campaign was like for you in 2022 and for Magellan and, sure. and how well that campaign went? Right. So at Magellan, you know, we've, we've always contributed and I won't say that it's always easy, um, but really this year was kind of started out as a challenging year. Uh, we've had some retirements that have occurred. Um, there's just been a lot of different transition that's happened. The economy has not always been perfect uh, in Tulsa. And so um, as we entered into it, we, we set a pretty lofty goal of having an increase in what we have done before. Um, and, and really, that's a testament to our CEO, our new CEO, uh, Aaron Milford. He's been great and a, and a good supporter of the United Way. And so as he came to us, he kind of picked different groups of people. And he said, you guys are tasked with putting on this campaign. And we have a, a group of individuals. They're, they're professional development uh, individuals. So they're newer to our company. Uh, they go through rotation. And those folks really have kind of embraced this mission and said, we're going to we're really going to try and raise money. We're going to encourage people. So uh, we went through that whole path and it was amazing to see what our company did. People that have never had any reason to think about United Way. They've not been impacted directly uh, by the organization. Uh, but I think as we told our story about United Way, there were some aha moments. And those aha moments are, geez, I didn't realize that I knew someone that received benefits from Tulsa Area United Way. And so when you see that happening and you kind of see that epiphany uh, take place, then people become very passionate about supporting an organization like that. And so we were able to really kind of blow away our target this year. And it's been amazing, um, you know, again, to see what we were able to do. Uh, we eclipsed that that number by $100,000. I mean, it was, it was really, it was really amazing. So I think our, I think our CEO and the, and Tulsa area United Way might have some uh, expectations of us next year. Hope we can continue to, to be on that trajectory, but uh, it was really great um, to see people come together um, for a common goal and, and really understand the impact that, that Tulsa area United Way has. Wendy, tell us why it's so important for amazing souls like John and amazing companies like Magellan to support the United Way, because without it, where is the center? The Tulsa United Way support is integral to the center and all of the 59 partner agencies. And the reality is without those funds, it means that we have to work a whole lot harder to fundraise in the community. And the reality is there's only so much money in the community. These huge campaigns that go on to support Tulsa Area United Way so that they, that can support the center that wouldn't happen if Tulsa Area United Way wasn't here. If Magellan did a campaign without Tulsa Area United Way, then we either have to apply for that those funds, we have to know someone to help us get those funds. It's not like those funds are easily replaced. I also just want to say though, there's a lot of work that goes into that. I also want to say that us as nonprofits do these same campaigns within our organizations. It is a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. So while you all, you know, surpassed your goal and that's amazing, I think that for folks to know what that really means internally is that a lot of people put in a lot of time to make that happen. And that then supports this overall community that Tulsa Area United Way supports. 
One of the things too that I'll add, Wendy, is that, you know, again, I live in a community where I really didn't know what the center did, you know, a couple of years ago. You know, it's there, uh, you know, it helps people. But that's one of the benefits of the United Way is that they know who needs help. And so, you know, I can give my money to directly to an organization because they're big and they advertise and everybody knows who they are. But there are people out there that also need help that not everybody knows about. And that's just a huge benefit. People just give funds, you know, and and if it just goes to one place, that's great. It's going to help those people. Um, But we need to help everybody. That's that's really the mission. I will say that that's where Tulsa Area United Way does such a great job, right, of looking at who their 59 partner agencies are to do just that, John, to make sure they're helping everyone. They're looking at this large swath and saying, okay, it's not just people who need food. It's not just people who need clothes. It's not. It's okay. This is what our community looks like. How do we give our money across these nonprofits to make sure everyone is being served in some way? And that just goes to your point of how they're able to touch so many lives is because they purposefully find those organizations that meet that large swath. And I will point out that one of the things and uh, so Wendy and I worked at Mental Health Association Oklahoma, a partner agency of the Tulsa Area United Way. But what I want to point out is that my coworkers at mental health, when I was said, hey, I'm going to the United Way, my family, my friends, they said, so the United Way, like, tell me what they do and then. Why should I give to the United Way when I can get on my phone and I can send the center 50 bucks like that? The answer that I give to people is give to the center, give to your church, give to your school, but give to it. Just as Wendy said, give to the United Way for all of those agencies and the work that maybe you're not so close to, but are making a difference. That being said, I want to. (laughs) Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been a really big thing of having to educate the community. And I think board members are those ambassadors. Right. And and it doesn't stop when that board term ends. You're a center advocate for life and you'll encourage other people just as others have encouraged you to get involved. It's just paying it forward. So I want you to talk directly to someone in the audience who's thinking about joining a board or maybe they they just moved to Tulsa and they're just like you were. And we're like, man, how do I get involved? Right. And, you know, if you if they're if they're they sat down with you, what, what advice would you have for them? Why should they join a board and how would they pick the nonprofit that they're interested in? And yeah, so I think that that's that's such a great question. And I think that the the first step is to really kind of focus in on what you're passionate about. I keep going back to that. It's about the things that you are passionate about. I do a disservice to any organization that I may be a part of if I really don't care about their mission, if it doesn't speak to me, if I'm just there because someone asked me to and I'm filling a number. That's not what being a part of a board is or really being an advocate for an organization. It's about really truly understanding what that organization is doing, who they're helping, how they're helping people, and really kind of digging into that and being curious. And so, you know, the first bit of advice that I'd give to somebody is, is pick an area that you, that really impacts your life. And it could be because you've got a family member that was affected by some illness or some, you know, tragedy or whatever the case is. Um, but really kind of focus in on that. And then, Really, before you say, I'm jumping in with both feet into this board, 
Take some time to volunteer, take some time to tour, take some time to talk to other board members and truly understand, is that the right fit for you? Um, because some things that I'm really passionate about, I don't sit on boards, you know, for those organizations. Um, and it, maybe it's good that I don't, you know, I can advocate outside of those boards and maybe have more impact there. Um, but for the, the places that I really feel like, yeah, this is a good fit because what I bring to the table as a board member uh, is that different uh, way of thinking like when you was talking about. Maybe they've never thought of this is how we should fundraise before or this is how we should run our organization. Those are the places that you really want to try and be. And it really is trying to, um, you know, be in that moment at the right time. Um, I think there's a reason why Scott came and asked me, you know, are you interested? I think there's a reason why when I met Wendy, I was like, this place is great. You know, so I think I think those are the most important things. But the first step is really try to identify what it is that you want to be um, a part of and why. And once you do that, then you're going to find the place that's going to welcome you in. And it may not be at that very moment that you want to go. So you might say, hey, I have an interest to be on a board and maybe that board is full. Um, and so maybe you don't sit on that board. Maybe you become a volunteer or you go somewhere else for, you know, a couple of years. But you always have that in the back of your mind that I really want to be a part of that. Um, and, and so stick with it. That's the that's the other thing. And so and not everybody is a great board member. Trust me, I've had to learn <laughs> and, and, and really kind of stumble at times. Uh, but I think that uh, if you're really passionate, you're going to get there and you're going to be involved. Also, stay involved. You can't be a board member if you don't go to meetings. Really be engaged. Be engaged with what's going on at that organization. And it makes it so much easier to speak about the organization. One of the things that I've learned um, working for a nonprofit is people want to support something, but they also want to get something out of it. Tell me what's what's in it for the board member yeah. when they join and I'm talking touchy-feely, sure. warm and fuzzy, and just <laughs> all the good stuff. Sure. I think, you know, again, going back to to how you're affecting people's lives, you know, we hear stories all the time about, yeah, you know, we bottom line numbers, right? We've we've impacted, you know, 300 people this month and, you know, they came through the center and that's great. And, and that is great. Okay. But when you hear their personal stories, that's what makes it worth it. As a matter of fact, we sat in a board meeting just what last week mm -hmm. and we had a member that came and talked about their experience and why it's such a safe place for that person. That's what makes it worth it. There's not a person that was sitting in that board meeting that didn't sit there and have full attention on that member listening to the story, thinking to themselves, how can I do more to help the center? That's the part that that really relates. It's not the fact that, oh, I get to put my you know, board member after my name and, you know, I've got that on my LinkedIn profile. That's not why you're doing it. You're doing it because you want to make a difference. And when you hear those stories, trust me, you're, you, it's going to make your heart just melt. I mean, it's it's wonderful. It's such a wonderful feeling. There's nothing like it in the world to be able to see the people that you impact come tell you their story about how important it was. You have no clue where they were in their lives. Maybe they're at their lowest point and you help them out directly or indirectly. It makes a huge difference. So I just want to mention this member that we had come speak. So we try, we try to do a member moment at our board meetings. And this one that came to speak, she first of all 
continues to talk about the fact that she had the opportunity to speak to the board. I mean, she has told everyone at the center now that we gave her that opportunity, which just further goes to her self-confidence, her independence. But she was telling one of her stories about how when she started climbing the rock wall at the center, she was using a seat to climb it. She has limited mobility in her one of her legs and in her hand. And she was really climbing one handed with the seat assistance. And now she was told the board that she just climbed the whole wall recently with no assistance, which was huge. Absolutely. But these are the things that we're able to experience at the center and to share with our board members. And we hope that our board members take as much pride in these stories as we do, because it's amazing to watch and it's amazing to hear. It is. I think as we're talking to our audience, though, John, there may be people listening who don't even know what a board of a nonprofit is, who don't know what a role of a board member is. Could you speak to those components? Sure. Yeah, there's there's different types of, of boards that are out there. There's, you know, fundraising boards and, and really your purpose as a board member is to say, look, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try and bring in additional funds uh, for this organization so that they can operate. Um, and so you're looking at the bottom line, the financial responsibilities that exist, and that's what you're trying to do. Um, there are also governance types board members. And so those people come in and they really have a focus on look, this organization is running. It doesn't need us to, to be the people that are going out every day and saying, can you give us money? We have this fundraiser that's going on. That's not why you're there. Um, you're there to provide guidance in how they run the organization to make sure that there are no missteps as they go through the processes. And so I think that's another thing that, that you have to look at. Um, you know, being a member of a, of a small board, you may have a lot more involvement, more, more need, more things that you have got to, to get involved with um, in order to help that organization you know, run versus being a member of a, a board that has 70 members. Um, in which you might really be a committee member of a uh, particular event that's going on. And that's needed too, uh, but it's a different type of feel. And so I, I would also encourage people just to, to make sure that if you have the intention of going on to a board thinking, geez, I'm going in this board and I'm going to run this organization day one, that's not necessarily why you're needed on a board. Um, organizations know how to run. Um, they may need help at times. And I think that's OK. Um, that's where you bring your skills to the table and you can do that. Um, but for the most part, you're there to provide support. And as you provide that support to the organization, there's nothing better than that, um, because you don't want to come in and take over. You want to come in and just play that role um, to help where you're needed and to listen. And, and sometimes that's the best thing to do is just sit back and listen. Let the organization run. So at Mental Health Association, I know for a fact that Mental Health Association Oklahoma cannot do with what it does without the expertise and love and support from that board. And I would imagine it's the same case for the center. So tell me how, you know, one of the things I learned is that Mental Health Association had a working board and that meant... You're not just sitting in a chair, putting it, you know, you're not there just to put it, you know, on your LinkedIn, you're working and you're, you're giving, you bring your talent and your treasures and, and your soul and your heart to these. So tell me how you put your board members to work. 
I came along during COVID, was hired, you know, June 1st, 2020, shortly after COVID came to be. And the first thing I was working with the board was to reopen. How do we get this place reopened? The place was shut down. In fact, the day I was hired, the board president at the time said, your number one job is to get us reopened. And I'm thinking, that's fine, but we got to do this as a team, right? So we worked together. We were open six weeks later. And beyond that, it's all been about how do we keep everyone safe? What do we need to have in place to ensure that we don't have a huge COVID spread at the center? Again, we serve people with physical challenges. The last thing we wanted was our members becoming ill. Now, as we've started to work our way out of COVID, we're looking at a lot of growth opportunities. And I will tell you, my board is working harder than they have since I've been there. I have committees everywhere right now trying to figure out how we look at these opportunities and how we can best benefit from those opportunities and how our members can best benefit from those opportunities. But that's why, again, having a diverse board who brings a lot of different skills, talents and understandings to the table is extremely beneficial to me. So I am reaching out to board members nearly constantly just going, here's my issue today. For instance, I was talking to my tax attorney that's on the board. I don't know what to do with this. You're asking for this. I don't know what this is. And so we've been emailing all day about what's really being sought. You know, I get to see John here now. I have another board member coming into the center later today. There is a lot of collaboration and a lot of working with folks as I need them to make sure that we're doing the right things as we Look at all of these opportunities in front of us, John. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, as we come to the end here, since this is a crossover episode, one of the things that I do for the Live United podcast is I ask our guests why you live united. Wendy, what do you ask your guests at the end of your podcast? How do you get centered at the center? So, John, I'm going to ask you, how do you get centered at the center and live united? Boy, a dual question. It's not. It's not easy to, to answer. But again, I think it's. I think it really is a focus on wanting to make a difference, uh, and I think that applies across you know the board. It really is. It's wanting to make a difference, not only at an organization, but in a community in general. And and I can't think of a, a better way to do it. Uh, than being able to walk through those doors to, to actually be able to advocate, um, you know, to, to really kind of go out and talk to new people and, and being able to go to their office, to be able to talk to them about the importance of running a campaign uh, and contributing to Tulsa Area United Way. I think those things are, are huge. So um, the answer is, is that I, I just really want to continue to be involved. And that's how I do it is, is, is really staying engaged and when Wendy calls, I pick the phone up. Uh, when you send an email or call, I answer it. And and it's there's sometimes where geez, you're busy and you're focused on other things. But I also think that we live in a in a world where we've got to to learn to give more of ourselves. And that's not to say that you need to be overextended. It just means give as much as you can. Everybody has a hidden talent. Everybody has something that they can give. Share it. It makes a difference. <laughs>